From the Rooker End is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. The Bet365 app lets you access pre-match and in-play markets and provides instant match updates across the biggest sports. We play Manchester United in just over a week. Fancy Delafeu to heap misery on Ollie, or will Agarlo come back to haunt the Hornets? With Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to build your own personalised bet. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello everyone, welcome to From the Rookery End. It is Adam Leventhal here, and we've got a bit of a special treat for you on this second of our new Thursday podcasts in association with The Athletic. We're going to take you on an adventure. Please hold on, transit is departing. Next stop, gates B32 to B48. So we thought it would be interesting to uh, take you on my trip to see Kike Sanchez Flores, who had a second coming that didn't last very long last year. Please take all belongings with you. Next stop, gates C52 to C66. So I've just arrived at Heathrow Airport Terminal 5. I've got a 6.45 flight to Madrid and uh, I've got my interview with Kike tomorrow on Tuesday. And I'm gonna be meeting him at his house and we're gonna be having a chat. And it's gonna be fascinating to see what sort of mood he's in, what sort of Christmas he had. Of course, he was only in charge for 10 games, appointed at the beginning of September, left by the beginning of December, only just after that game against Southampton. It obviously hadn't gone to plan at all at Watford. There were things that he improved, but overall, by the end of it, it just looked like a marriage that should never really have been rekindled. So the aim of you coming with me is to be able to see the thought process really that I go through before doing an interview like this and what you reflect on, how you prepare, and then being able to hear some of what Kike has to say. And then afterwards, find out a little bit about the process of putting the piece together for The Athletic where you'll be able to read it and also just generally my thoughts of going to meet Kike in Spain and see how he felt. This is a Kike Sánchez for us special for from the recovery.
about 30,000 feet up on an Iberia flight out to Madrid. And interestingly enough, Nigel Pearson has had 10 games in charge now in the Premier League, and that's the same amount that Kike Sanchez Flores had. And it's uh, interesting to compare their two records. Kike only won the one game at Norwich, and that came in his eighth Premier League match. There were four draws and five defeats, just the seven points, just the seven goals with 20 conceded, albeit eight of those were against Manchester City in that crazy game at the Etihad. And then you compare the return of Nigel Pearson, four wins, three draws, three defeats, that's 15 points, 15 goals scored and 10 conceded. Why did it not work out as well for Kike Sanchez Flores? That will be the key thing to find out. So I've now arrived in Madrid and a couple of other things that I did on the plane, which uh, is all part of the process in preparing for an interview. I listened back to some uh, old audio from Kike Sanchez Flores and I listened to his first press conference when he was saying things like this. It's a very easy possibility to, to return from this kind of places when you have very good feelings or you have good memories. So this was a very friendly, 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 friendly atmosphere since the beginning. It's exactly like a, how you can imagine to come back home, something similar. And then I also listened to the last press conference that I attended of his, which was just after the Burnley defeat. This is it's time, it's time, it's time, it's belief, it's belief, it's fight, it's fight, it's all these kind of things that we can do together. But it doesn't depend on me. It's not my culture. I am not worried about anything in my life. I'm not worried about anything, okay? I was actually away on uh, other athletic duties around the time of the Southampton game and obviously then had to report remotely on the fact that he was going to be sacked. And I listened then to some interviews that I did after the first game in which Kike wasn't in charge anymore and that was against Leicester City. And this is what Ben Foster said after that game about the search for the new coach. Typical English coach, I think it's exactly what you need as well. It's that sort of fight and grit and determination that you need to instill in the lads. And, you know, when, um, when confidence is low, like it is at the minute, you need as much as that as possible. If you're, you know, you take the job as a, a team that's bottom of the league and you, you only win one game in 10 matches, regardless of who you are, I think you're looking at getting the sack. Um, the fact that we've got an English core of players, you know, the spine of the team's English, I think it would suit us it would suit us massively because I think that the only way we're going to get out of the trouble we're in at the minute is by fighting and grit and determination and dirty and being clever and you know what I mean using your nose a bit more um, I think like I said the, the confidence is so low at the minute that it, playing out you know that poppy lovely football it's not an option at the minute because the lads aren't, aren't able to do it mentally So it's clear what Ben Foster wanted at that point he wanted an English coach in charge so it's going to be interesting to see what Kike Sanchez Flores makes of the transition to a new coach, the fact that it was an Englishman, does that make any difference at all? What did he think about the mentality of the players towards the end of his reign? I've only got an overnight bag with me because it's going to be a short, sharp trip. Uh, it's around about 10 o'clock now in Madrid and I need to go and find my hotel. So I've now left the airport. I'm in the back of an Uber on my way to 
my hotel for the evening. Um, just driving through the streets of Madrid. It's all rather dark. Uh, doesn't seem to be much going on. Must admit, I don't really know uh, whereabouts I am. I haven't been here for quite some time. I remember coming to Madrid uh, to cover a David Beckham press conference when I was uh, working with Sky um, quite a long time ago now, probably around about 17 years ago. I went over and uh, visited the Real Madrid training ground and saw them all train and uh, that was that was a really interesting time but it's good to be back and I think when you're preparing for an interview like this you always want to make sure that you don't miss anything out. Invariably there will be questions that uh, you don't think of and often people are uh, quick to remind you why didn't you ask him this why didn't you ask him that but you try and be as thorough as possible one of the sayings that uh, my first boss Jonathan Pierce, when I was uh, starting in radio as a 15 year old uh, said to me fail to prepare prepare to fail and that's what you always strive to do ahead of interviews and any uh, moment in your broadcasting career or writing career or whatever it is one of the things that you always try and do when you prepare for an interview is obviously make sure that you cover as many different topics in as much detail as possible. So I'm going to be interested to find out things such as when he first arrived, what was his first impressions of the of the squad? Did he actually genuinely think that they had the quality that he spoke about uh, in the press conferences after his appointment? Also, individual players as well. What was his view on Ismail Assar, who recently we've seen can be such a strong player for Watford? He didn't really play him in the early stages of his time in charge. And it was only really towards the end, in that last game, when he scored and he'd been given an opportunity uh, that we first saw the real quality that Watford had on their hands. Uh, other players other areas of the team as well, especially in defence. What did he make of that defensive unit and why did he always, after chopping and changing in his first three games against Arsenal, Man City and Wolves, stick with five at the back? Did that not inhibit his chances of having a successful forward-thinking team? So I've got to my hotel now. Uh, I'm just heading up in the lift. Okay, so just going down the corridor to my room, 202, lovely, here we go, let's just go in, in we go, so I'm into my, uh, my hotel room, which is very nice indeed, actually, uh, nice big double bed, lots of uh, modern designs in there, and it's uh, all looking uh, very nice indeed. Um, and it's funny, when you're handing over your passport and giving your details, there's always that little bit of a delay when you're waiting at reception, isn't there? And another big subject that we'll obviously be discussing and I was thinking about when I was waiting there was Kike's relationship with Troy Deeney. Why didn't it seem to work second time around? Obviously, he didn't have access to his talismanic captain uh, as much as he would like because he was injured for such a long period of time. But then when he did come back, it didn't quite click, did it? Why didn't he bring Troy Deeney on against Southampton? Did he really not think that he was fit enough or was there something else going on? Hopefully, we'll find out tomorrow. I'm going to order myself some room service. I am then going to go to bed 
and then I will wake up in the morning and just refine my preparation and uh, make sure that everything is in place before I meet Kike at lunchtime. Night-night. So good night's sleep, and uh, now I'm ready for some breakfast. And I've got a couple of hours before I do the interview with Kike, and I actually exchanged some messages with him uh, on WhatsApp late last night before I went to bed. Um, it's a funny one, really, because obviously you want to make sure that the interview is still happening. But in circumstances like this where you've travelled from London to Madrid, you almost want to make it impossible for the person to uh, be able to say no uh, at the last minute. So it was uh, good, and I must be honest, you know, he's been, he's been very good throughout um, in terms of getting back to me and um, sending messages and trying to get this interview sorted. So uh, he was very welcoming and we just uh, readjusted the time slightly. Um, so I'm heading up there for 11 o'clock Madrid time and uh, everything seems to be on track now it's just a matter of uh, refining the preparation for the interview I mean it sounds maybe a little bit formulaic it's not a matter of writing everything down but just making sure that you've almost sort of downloaded everything from your mind to to make sure that you're not missing anything so you know making sure that you discuss what he's been doing since he left Watford, how his Achilles injury is, because he was struggling with that. And I wonder how much of a, a difference to his sort of mental state uh, that made whilst he was at Watford, not being able to exercise himself, um, whether he feels that it's tarnished his reputation at all, how was it working with his bosses once again, who he left under a little bit of a cloud before. There's so much to go through, really, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, how in-depth he wants to go. Um, but I'm also really looking forward to seeing him in his natural habitat, because there was always a feeling with Kike that he had a very good life um, back in Spain. You know, he's from rich stock, he's got a, a very sort of uh, famous family, his, uh, his father played for Real Madrid, uh, his godfather was Alfredo de Stefano, um, his mother Carmen was uh, an actress and a singer, his aunt Lola was um, a flamenco dancer, so he's always been surrounded by famous people and rich people, and um, not to say that that makes them better or um, more significant human beings, but that just he's always been in quite a happy place in terms of his environment back in Spain. So seeing him back here uh, will be interesting. Also, one other thing that I've uh, I've been doing is just making sure that I've got all the equipment sorted out. Um, you know, you can obviously record these interviews on your phone, um, but I've got a special microphone just to make sure that the the audio quality is is pretty good. Um, also, I'm going to make sure that I get some decent pictures which can be used alongside the article. So uh, that's all ready. I'm ready. Now it's time to get in another Uber and head out west to where Kike lives. So I've just stepped outside the hotel and I hadn't realised because I arrived so late last night that the hotel that I was staying in was actually on top of the Real Madrid official store. So I've uh, had a little look around, had a look at the shirts, 
and no Ronaldo shirts of course to buy anymore he's at Juventus and just made me think Kike played whatever 60 games for Real Madrid as well this is his city and that was his club at one stage and it just reminds you the the pedigree that he came with yes he'd managed some uh, wonderful players at uh, Atletico Madrid at Benfica as well um, but he was a fine player too Quique Sánchez Flores yeah entrenador eh, coach yeah do you remember him? si sí, va a entrenar en Inglaterra si sí. hostia bueno eh buen coach yeah So here we are, I've arrived at uh, Kike's house and it is, uh, it's time to ring the buzzer. Hi Adam, how are you? <laughs> how are you? How are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah, cool. Thank you, thank you. This is lovely. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a countryside, it's a place, fine. It's a bit misty today, what's, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst day in time. Thank you very much. Yeah. Cheers. How's everything? Yeah, good. Good? Yeah, it's been a bit, um, well, covering Watford is a bit stressful, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Kike's uh, just popped off to get me a glass of water, which is very kind of him. We're sat here in the living room on one of his sofas and uh, yeah, I have to mic him up very soon. So what I think is the most important thing with these sort of interviews, yeah. we obviously spoke in press conferences and we, and we, you know, we, you can keep in touch, but the most important thing I suppose is to give your, your true reflection. On yeah. Him. What we're trying to do with it, with the athletic where I work is to find out the 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 killer detail of mm-hmm. why it doesn't work mm-hmm. how you really felt mm-hmm. the little things the sort of the things that you could see the mm-hmm. things that you could sense mm-hmm. that were ultimately mm-hmm. the reason why it didn't work mm-hmm. so let's let's start the last time we saw you was on the touchline against southampton mm-hmm. um what have you done since then you're now at home you're in your yeah. natural environment yeah do you feel how do you feel um i feel well, like uh, i need it i need what i'm doing now now it's uh, 16 years working mm-hmm. and not stopping practically mm-hmm. you need a lot of energy mm-hmm. and i feel now that i have time for me i need to stop a little bit and mm-hmm. uh, recuperate energy recuperate my physically after the injuries and everything so what I found here right now is it's time it's time it's exactly what you don't have when you are a yeah. coach and when yeah. you are uh, uh, training for a long time in the high level so what I need is time right now and when I recuperate all my energy it's time to come back so your Achilles your right yeah it was your right Achilles because I yeah. remember when you arrived yeah that was mentioned and when you can't exercise yeah. and when you can't do what you want to do yeah how did that affect you well, especially with your running yeah and, yeah know. yeah it's necessary it's necessary to 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 find these kind of gaps in the in, in our profession yeah to feel uh, you can a little bit to ca- you uh, you have time to to think Yes. about th- other things or yeah. e- even sometimes to go to run 
empty in your brain yeah. and to get uh, energy and everything to deposit then in the in football mm -hmm. but um, it's affecting more when the situation is not completely good yeah and you need also more and more time to recovery and it's, it's difficult to mix this kind of situation but it's not an excuse it's just like no. uh, it's affecting a little bit of course but it's not an excuse. If you compare the, the Kike Sanchez Flores that arrived at Watford mm -hmm. in 2015 mm -hmm. compared to the one that arrived mm -hmm. last year, yeah. what capacity were you at? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, you, no. The capacity, you... the capacity was the same. Okay. The spirit was the same. The, um, the, um, on the way, I feel positive was exactly the same. Okay. When I arrived at Watford this time, I was completely positive and sure that we are able to change the situation. But the big, big difference is the project. Okay. When you are able to train since the precision and you choose things and you are able to dominate the control and control the squad during two months before to start the season. Yes. <laughs> this is the big difference. Yes. Because this is the big difference. It's like um, when you go for the second uh, time, it's like uh, when you go to a party and you try to uh, to play to, you know, when you, you need to... <laughs> You put good blind with the mask yes, yes, yes. and you play. I don't know how is the player. Yeah, uh, like a piñata. Yeah, yeah, piñata. When you go with the stick yes. <laughs> to go to the piñata, yeah. this is like a difference. Yeah. It's completely, completely different. You go blind with mask, with the piñata there. Yeah. But in the other time, it's like you go to, in the first time I, I went there like a teacher, like yes. a professor, mm -hmm. like a um, coach, I'm able to uh, control everything. Yeah. It's completely different. Okay. The competition, I think, is not the um, is not the um, the place to know the players. I think it's better to know the players before, okay. because uh, it's the exigence in the Premier League, in the Spanish League, and in Germany, in Italy, is so high. Yeah. So when you go to the team and you need to know day by day players, but you need to play. Or you need to play each three days. Yeah. Everything is not the it's not the place. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why you have a big big advantage when you have time before to prepare the season. So obviously we haven't got time on the podcast to play you the whole of the interview, but I just wanted to give you a taste of of how it kicked off. After that, we discussed a whole host of subjects, uh, the ones that I discussed earlier on in the podcast. I understand perfectly the perspective of um, a Foster. Because he said, with Xavi, he wasn't working the last days, in the last time. With Kike, he tried, he was on the limit to react, but we didn't react. So the preparation came in very handy, which was good. Uh, some other avenues that I wasn't expecting to go down as well. How he was sacked, for example. Who by? Did he know it was coming? Well, I, I, can feel, I can feel in the, um, in the air, in our conversations, yeah. and even because uh, we were talking about that, they tried to transmit that uh, for Watford, the best way was a, a different system. Were there other factors that had an impact? Yes, we've heard that there was you know, his own injury. You just heard about it there. But what about the players that were sidelined? He, he talked about that as well. Uh, one thing which was fascinating too was a revelation about something rather peculiar that used to happen during training sessions on the touchline that he didn't like so it's hard for for a coach to work the, the only thing is like uh, with experience you can superate that we discussed the books that he's reading and also what he's made of Watford since his departure oh and also 
he had this message for the fans. Uh, hope and fight. Um, they are the lovely uh, fans that I, I could see in my life. The same than Atletico Madrid. I can't say that because Atletico Madrid is they amazing with me. Um, I appreciate all my support they give me. They gave me. I love the, uh, with my all my heart. And they don't stop to push. Don't stop to push. Because it's in those in this moment is when when it's necessary more than ever to to support the players. They need it. They need them, and it's it's necessary. For the future. Oh. <laughs> I think we've covered everything. <laughs> Literally everything. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, when this, you can use while you travel. Thank you very much. I appreciate too much you come here. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. thank, thank you very much. So the interview is done. Uh, we actually spent around about two hours together at Kike's house. Uh, after the interview, we took those photos out in the garden uh, by his pool. He's actually got two big seven-a-side goals in his garden as well, where he and uh, friends and family, mainly in the summer, uh, play football in his garden. So it was interesting to see uh, his house and uh, just learn a little bit more about who he is. Uh, now for me, the hard work really starts. Uh, so heading back to the hotel. So yeah, I found a quiet space at the hotel, which is great. Uh, and it means now that I can just concentrate on starting to shape the article. I've actually sent the audio clips off to a colleague of mine who is very kindly transcribing the interview and it means that when there is a little bit of time pressure, not too much but a little bit, that you can be listening back to the interview, making notes and starting to shape the article and not necessarily transcribing it because that is one of the, the time-consuming things of uh, written journalism, having to transcribe those interviews. It can be very, very uh, good to go through the interview and listen to it for yourself, but sometimes, especially when you're travelling around as well, uh, you can be making up time by getting someone else uh, to do it, which is really advantageous. doesn't happen all the time, but on this occasion it is necessary. Right, so I'm back at Madrid Airport. My flight is very shortly indeed. It's actually a bit warmer now, which is uh, of a shame to be leaving uh, a lovely day here in Madrid and now what I'm going to basically do on the plane is to start to put the nuts and bolts together of the article where I'm going to start it and then where it's going to take me and then obviously where the conclusion is going to be I think I've got a pretty good idea uh, where we're going to go with it because I think Kike was very honest as you've heard and there doesn't seem to be too much malice involved and often that's the case, isn't it? Not everything has to be someone who's disgruntled and is uh, giving both barrels to their former club. Often it can just be that things didn't work out for whatever reason and that someone is trying to move on with the rest of their career. Right, I've got to get my flight. Captain, Sean Clark, shortly be landing Right, so I'm back 
here at Heathrow Terminal 5. It feels colder than when I left, what, just over 24 hours ago. And having put the skeleton of the article together on the plane, now it's time to really fill it out and put the flesh on the bones. And that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, which is Wednesday. I'm going to give myself an evening just to recuperate and then I'll be cracking on with the article. And then it will be out, as you well know, on Thursday. It is out now for you to read with the release of this podcast. If you want to read it, all you need to do, if you are already a subscriber on The Athletic, just search for it under the uh, Watford tab or my author page. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, there is an offer thanks to the partnership with From the Rookery End and The Athletic. All you need to do is go to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end and you will be able to get a 40% discount on your subscription. And that includes a free seven day trial. So there's nothing to stop you logging on, taking the free seven day trial, reading the Kike Sanchez Flores article, and also having a look at some of the articles that I've written over the last, what, six months since I've been writing for The Athletic, including another one earlier on this week, which was out whilst I was actually in Madrid. And that was regarding Troy Deeney and his interesting diet. You can read all about the importance of jelly beans, bone broth, blondies, and all sorts of different things, quite frankly. Hopefully you'll like that. And hopefully you will also like the Kike Sanchez Flores interview exclusive for you on The Athletic. I hope you've enjoyed the journey. I've really enjoyed putting the podcast together. There will, of course, be another From the Rookery End coming very, very soon for you. But uh, for now, this is Adam Leventhal signing off and saying, come on yours. (laughs) 